You're listening to This Week in Sports. Here's your host, The Pody. What's happening, everybody? You're listening to This Week in Sports. As always, I'm your host, The Pody. It is Friday, February 26th, 2021. We've got a big show for you, but a condensed show. It won't be overly long. Um, probably not going to be towards that hour, but then again, I start to run into uh, some passionate tangents, if you will. Uh, we're going to start this thing off by saying, uh, I hope you guys had a great Friday. Mine started this morning at approximately 6.30 a.m. I go out to my car. It's about 30 degrees here in Jersey. And open my car door and I start getting this beeping noise. And what do you know? Same issue I had a month ago in which my car would not start. They have no clue what's wrong with it. I had to borrow my dad's car actually to go to work and he got it towed to the dealership. Uh, they want to keep it, run more tests on it. So tomorrow I have to go to the dealership to pick up a loaner, but guess what? This is the second time with the same issue, and third time's the charm. Third time, it's a lemon, and they need to give me a new car, right? You would think, um, but who knows what they find. The last time, they said the battery was drained because I wasn't driving the car enough. Listen, I know we're in a pandemic, and people are working from home, but I've been back to work for months now, and so yesterday, I was driving my car, without issue. Okay. So I don't understand. And all week I've been driving my car Monday through Thursday and don't have a clue why the battery would be draining on it or whatever the hell the issue is that they're going to try to claim. So anyway, without further ado, let's jump in. Um, I have nothing in terms of football this week, and I'll tell you why. Mel Kuyper Jr. came out with his first mock draft. It's, I think, the first time he's ever included trades. And he's got, like, I think he had the first bunch of picks with trades. I know I saw he had the Jets making a trade back um, with the Falcons, I believe. But, so I'm not going to get into that because it's all speculation. And we're so far out still from the draft, another month. So I don't, I just don't, I don't like to put myself through this torturous um tumultuous, you know, circle of life, if you will, that is the New York Jets. And will they draft a quarterback? Won't they? Will they do this? Will they draft? Will they trade for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson? Listen to me. Listen up right now. Anybody that thinks Russell Wilson is going anywhere, just stop it already. Just stop. I mean, seriously, I've heard talk that it dates back to earlier in the season when Russell Wilson thought that he, he felt slighted because he wanted more input on the offense and he thought that Pete Carroll and, and the management and maybe Brian Schottenheimer, who was fired after this year, um, you know, didn't in institute or listen to him or implement, you know, the plays that he wanted implemented. 
I mean, it's it, it's a joke. Russell Wilson is not going anywhere. And if you need further proof, here's what Adam Schefter tweeted. Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade. His agent Mark Rogers told ESPN. Wilson has told the Seahawks he wants to play in Seattle. But if a trade were considered, the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. No clue what the why the Bears um, of all those teams. Probably because he would be the best quarterback the Bears have had um, in the last 50 years or so, right? Or probably in their franchise's history. I mean, woof. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has never thrown for 30 yards in a season. Russell Wilson has done it five times. But again, I don't want to get into the speculation that is Russell Wilson, and that's why I'm not talking football. There's J.J. Watt still out there on the market. Um, it, you know, the news cycle has sort of slowed on the Deshaun Watson mix. So again, I'm not going to speculate on that either, and I just don't feel like talking football because there's um, a lot more going on that transcends football. It really transcends sports, and that would be Tiger Woods. Um, but before we get to that, let me just go over some other quick stuff. Um, talk a little NBA first. Uh, Kyrie Irving said yesterday, this is very interesting. He said that the NBA's logo should be a silhouette of Kobe Bryant because the late Laker legend was, quote, the standard for our generation, end quote. Um, and here's the thing. Usually, and most of the time when Kyrie speaks, we all cringe. Um, but this is something that I sort of agree with in a sense. And it's no slight to uh, Jerry West, who's the current logo. It's no slight to Michael Jordan, who obviously the greatest player of all time, the GOAT. If there's anybody that should be the logo besides Jerry West, it would be Michael Jordan, of course, right? But I just think that this transcends basketball a little bit and, and Kobe Bryant dying a year ago on my sister's birthday, no less. It, it was just one of those things. It, it was, I've talked about it almost a gut, like a gut punch. Um, that feeling of a family member dying and, and none of us, you know, besides those that were fortunate enough to play with or, or you know, no Kobe being Bryant don't have that luxury but that's the type of person, player, uh, uh, father, you know, everything that, that Kobe Bryant was. And, and so for that reason, I totally, totally, totally agree with where Kyrie's coming from. And I do believe that we could do no wrong. The league could do no wrong. The league would actually benefit. And Jerry West was on the jump with Rachel Nichols, and he actually said, that he thinks they probably should change the logo and he would welcome that. I guess probably because there's so much pressure that goes along, you know, with being the face of the NBA, essentially. Um, so, yeah, it, so it's tough. You could go Jordan, you could go Kobe, but I really don't think anybody would have a problem if we put Kobe as the new silhouette of the association. So uh, in that sense, I do agree with Kyrie there. Okay, next up, Timberwolves guard Malik Beasley was suspended 12 games by the NBA. I believe I touched on this a few a few um, pot, uh, episodes ago or briefly spoke on this. 
Um, this suspension stems from a felony charge of threatening to commit a crime of violence for the purpose of terrorizing another person in violation um, of the state of Minnesota. The suspension will begin Saturday. I'm not sure. I thought there was a firearm involved in this, but Beasley was charged with fifth fifth degree drug possession and threat of violence in October following an arrest in September at his residence in Plymouth. Uh, the charges have since been resolved in court, hence why, you know, it's only going to be a 12-game suspension. I'm curious. I, I don't know the full details on this, if this was with a spouse or, or a significant other, girlfriend, etc. Um, but yeah, there you have it, 12-game suspension. Next, the Utah Jazz blew out the Lakers on Wednesday, setting an NBA record for three-pointers made in consecutive games. 114 to 89 was the final, and in the process, the Jazz hit 53s combined in back-to-back nights. They hit 28 against Charlotte and 22 against the Lakers. With the win, the Jazz have improved to 26 and 6 on the season, which is currently the best record in the NBA. And let's real quick talk about this. The Utah Jazz. They're a great story. You know, last year when the pandemic first hit, everybody believes that, you know, Rudy Gobert what was basically the final, you know, straw that broke the camel's back. He tested positive and then basically the whole world shut down the NBA right after that. Then he was uh, it was it came out that he didn't take it seriously. Donovan Mitchell then got it. Their relationship was, was teetering you know, on the brink of of collapse and no repair, um, would they break this unit up? No, they stuck it out. They kept it together. Uh, Quinn Snyder's done a great job. And, and this team has really, you know, 26 and six. That is, you know, nothing to, to sneeze at. That's an unbelievable record. They are number one in the loaded West. And I will say this, Utah Jazz, in my opinion, they're not for real. They're not the Lakers. They're not the the Clippers. Okay, they're not some of these, you know, other great teams. The Suns are are really uh, good. They, I don't think they're quite there yet. And granted, I will totally admit I don't watch a lot of Utah Jazz basketball. Okay, I watched them here and there, and I can't wait for my Brooklyn Nets to play them. Um, I don't know if or even when they're on the schedule, but uh, you know, I don't think they're they're quite there yet. But this is interesting. The Utah Jazz, if they can get the number one seed in the West, they absolutely would have a chance because then at that at that in that case, you pit the two LA teams against each other to where they have to beat each other up before they would play the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference Finals. So that's the only intriguing scenario where I could see the Utah Jazz maybe making a run at an NBA title, but you know, let's not scoff at this. It, it, we're talking the Utah Jazz, right? Um, famously, remember a couple of weeks where Shaq called out Donovan Mitchell for not being that closer type of guy. And that's the question surrounding this team, right? Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, who is the closer on this team? The closer can't really be a center type in Rudy Gobert. Is it Donovan Mitchell? Is Has he ascended to, to that level of greatness? I, I don't quite know myself I would err on the side of caution though as a Utah Jazz fan just because um we still have an entire second half of the season to go 
You never know if injuries creep up or certain things like that. But as of right now, they're rolling and they have the NBA's best record at 26 and six. Um, on the flip side of that, let's let's turn the page there and let's talk about the Lakers. The Lakers are in big trouble right now. Um, and I say that because they have lost four straight games. Granted, they're without Anthony Davis. They're cautiously um, watching that situation. They don't want to rush him back with a possible Achilles um, situation there. So they're keeping him sidelined for at least a month. And then COVID protocols have kept Dennis Schroeder out for these four straight losses. I don't know if you want to say, if you want to use that as the excuse as to why they've lost, but they're definitely not on the level of a team like my Brooklyn Nets who have been without Kevin Durant and have just been on an absolute tear. But I'm going to save that for just a little bit later in this show. A little bit of a tease there. Um, next up, Devin Booker was originally snubbed an all-star nod. Uh, he has since been added by Commissioner Adam Silver to replace Anthony Davis, who I just spoke about. So along with Booker, you have um, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Paul George, Zion Williamson, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. They were chosen as your reserves. I went over the starters a week ago. On the Eastern Conference side of things, you've got James Harden, so that makes three Brooklyn Nets um, on the All-Star team. Julius Randle, well-deserved for the uh, Knicks player, Julius Randle. Uh, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, oh God. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. So just announced today, Kevin Durant will be out through the All-Star break, so he will not play in the All-Star game. Jason Tatum has been elevated into the starting lineup there. Um, and then I just saw who who is going to be replacing him. Um, somebody was added to the roster to replace Kevin Durant. Uh, let me just see real quick. Let me think. But yeah, those are your East and West reserves. Um, oh, DeMontis Sabonis, who's having a phenomenal year and should have made the All-Star team. Um, so well-deserved there for Sabonis. Okay, uh, where are we at here? Okay, I want to talk about something that really, really... Uh, Got my juices flowing, really, really just rubbed me the wrong way. So listen to this. Carl Anthony Towns expressed his comments to Minnesota on Tuesday following the firing of former coach Ryan Saunders after the Timberwolves 103-99 to loss to the Knicks on Sunday. So here's what happened. The Timberwolves lose to the Knicks on Sunday. And the Timberwolves then fire head coach Ryan Saunders, who is the son of late Timberwolves coach Flip Saunders, who Carl Anthony Towns really idolized and, you know, had a good relationship where, with. When they hired Ryan Saunders, the players were adamant. That's who the guy they wanted. They wanted Ryan Saunders elevated, replace his father, all that good stuff, right? And, and build on that legacy. Well... The thing that rubbed me wrong is they fired him on Sunday. Immediately, like the next day, they had the guy lined up to replace him, that being Toronto Raptors assistant Chris Finch. 
It then comes out that the general manager of the Timberwolves is buddy-buddy with Chris Finch and all that good stuff, right? But what's even funnier and more perplexing is Ryan Saunders replaced Tom Thibodeau, who went to the Knicks and just beat Ryan Saunders, causing the Timberwolves to then fire Ryan Saunders. And then Ryan Saunders is replaced the next day by a friend of the general manager, who also, by the way, this guy Finch from the Raptors, this just comes all full, this all comes full circle, so this is hilarious. Chris Finch was interviewed for the job when Ryan Saunders got it. So how must he feel? He He's the second pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't first choice, and now you're being brought in? Now, so the Timberwolves are basically backstepping and admitting wrongdoing. Oh, we hired the wrong guy. Now we're going to go hire the guy that we should have hired in the first place. But what I don't appreciate is that Towns was never informed of the situation. And I'm sorry, but Carl Anthony Towns is your best player, former number one overall pick. He was a huge fan of Ryan Saunders, and they didn't even ask him. This was a direct quote. So uh, Towns said he's a very loyal guy to a fault. I would love to finish my career here in Minnesota. I want to build something great here. I want to build a legacy in Minnesota. That's all well and fine. Then he said this. I learned when y'all found out. I was eating pizza with my father and the news came out and we were all shocked. Unbelievable. They didn't even give their best player a heads up that they were that they were going to fire him. It, it's a joke. And it personally... That is exactly why this organization is in the position it's in year in and year out. They haven't been good since the KG days, and even then, they, they didn't do anything. This is an poor, a piss-poor organization. It's so poorly run, and it's just it's a blindside. I mean, Cat has to feel some type of way that he wasn't even told of this. Um, so... Yeah, it's just mind-boggling. Um, like I said, they're hiring Chris Finch. They did that Monday. Um, it, it actually pissed off somebody um, of the ilk in Dame Lillard because the Timberwolves have an associate head coach and former Blazers assistant in David Vanderpool, Vanterpool on their bench that many believe should have gotten the job instead of of a guy from outside of the organization. So hence again, why I keep prefacing that I believe Finch is a friend of this general manager. So makes you wonder how long these two were in cahoots and were planning this and just waiting for Ryan Saunders' demise, which is not fair to Ryan Saunders because even more ridiculously, he got to coach Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell a whopping five games in which they were on the court together. They were on the court together for just five games. I mean, come on. That's your two best players. There's no way you could have success. I don't care who's coaching the, the team, you know? Just unbelievable. Okay, now we can talk about my Brooklyn Nets, who have won eight straight games, the longest, I believe, since two. 
2006. Um, they're playing out of their minds. They're doing it without Kevin Durant. And it's been beautiful. Oh, just absolutely wreck a game. And Irving with the steal. Eight straight wins for the Brooklyn Nets. They are officially streaking. That's right. Brooklyn in the house. Eight straight. Like I said, no big deal. Doing it without Kevin Durant for seven of those eight games. Um, and... I couldn't be happier. This team is flying high. James Harden is just wheeling and dealing. Um, I think he's averaging close to a triple-double. He's just shy on the rebounds at 9.4 a game. But just the Nets, I mean, they went on a West Coast trip. They beat, they beat the, they started with Golden State in which Durant played for that game. For that game, They made a sick comeback in the second half against the Phoenix Suns, minus Durant and Kyrie Irving, down 21 at half. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers. They beat the Kings. They beat the Magic. I mean, they are demolishing every single team. It is ridiculous. Um, and it has been really, really fun to watch this team. I am so glad. I am so glad that I got my bet in at the beginning of the season. Nets at plus 600. Could you imagine if I bet uh, I won the, I picked the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. Imagine if I get the Nets winning the NBA title. I mean, just to have, par if I would have parlayed those two alone, and if that were to hit, oh my God. Oh my goodness. Or as Jay Billis likes to say. Oh my God. Yeah, I would have been uh, eating lobster tail for uh, quite a few years. Um, but anyway, yes, Nets on a tear. They take on two nights, minus Kevin Durant. Again, like I said, he'll be out for the foreseeable future. The Nets actually um, are not playing until tomorrow because that's right, they played last night. The Nets will take on the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow night. So keep an eye out for that. See if they could extend their streak to nine games. Okay, let's see. Oh, uh, let's talk about the Raptors really quickly. This is an intriguing one. Um, I just found this out today. Raptors head coach Nick Nurse and five other assistants will be out for today's game due to protocols. Nick Nurse and five assistants will not be present for tonight's game against the Houston Rockets in Tampa due to health and safety protocols put forth by the NBA. Um, funny enough, the Raptors said the coaches would continue to work remotely but gave no indication as to who would coach the team tonight. Despite being without most of the coaching staff, tonight the league is saying that None of the players have been affected, so the game is going to be played. Uh, pretty crazy, if you ask me. Oh, wait a minute. This is there's an update. No Pascal Siakam tonight. Okay, um, Shaq, if you're listening, Pascal and Siakam are the same person. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, Ernie Johnson was asking. Uh, I guess it was at during halftime of of one of the Raptors games earlier this week or late over the weekend, and he said, "Who are you looking for in the?" Uh, he's like, "You you watching Pascal in the second half?" And he said, "No, I'm watching Siakam." And then Ernie had to tell him, "Shaq, that's his first name, Pascal Siakam." And then Shaq laughed and said, "Oh, I never knew his first name." Always funny to watch those guys on TNT. So here we go, Raptors star. Forward Pascal Siakam, head coach Nick Nurse, 
and five assistant coaches are unavailable for the game tonight. Don't forget they're down another assistant coach, being Finch, who left to go coach um, the Timberwolves. So I, it's, this is crazy. Uh, Sergio Scariolo will serve as the team's head coach. Okay, there you have it. He was previously in quarantine following a return to the U.S. after serving in his other role as head coach of the Spanish national team for qualifying games for Eurobasket 2022 earlier this month. Wow. Um, Yeah, so that's a whirlwind. I don't know about you guys, but I would jump on the Houston Rockets money line tonight in this game. Definitely. Uh, My voice cracked pretty badly there. But, yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that. Interesting. Uh, also, th- this game will not be canceled, obviously. The Raptors are just one of four teams that has yet to have a game postponed this season. If you can name the other three, kudos for you. I will give you a second to do that. Okay. The others being the Brooklyn Nets and the two L.A. teams, the Lakers and the Clippers. All right, this is, yeah, this is going to be a quick podcast. We'll be done in about 10, 15 minutes here. Get this in about uh, the 45-minute mark or so. Okay, let's talk some other news. Um, I'm not saving the Tiger story for last. It's up next, so bear with me here. I really want to dive into um, in, into that one because it's a lot. Okay, ex-USA gymnastics coach John Gettert died by suicide yesterday, hours after he was charged with 24 felonies relating to verbal, physical, and sexual abuse of former athletes. He was 63 years old. I think this was also hours before he was meant to um, turn himself in. I guess his lawyers, they had come up with a plan. He was going to turn himself over to authorities. He never showed up, and they found him dead. Um, I don't know the method of suicide, but... You guys can can uh, do your research on that. Might be a gunshot wound or jumped off a bridge or hung himself, whatever. All too little, you know, gory. We don't need to get into the details. Um, but he took the coward's way out because, you know, he didn't want to go to prison for the rest of his life. This is um, the former Olympic coach who worked closely with disgraced former team doctor Larry Nasser, who was charged with 14 counts of human trafficking, forced labor causing injury, Six counts of human trafficking of a minor for forced labor. Um, And by the way, don't make any mistake. Forced labor is not like, you know, digging holes and and like hard labor, like construction work. No, make no mistake. Forced labor, they're absolutely talking uh, sex. Okay, they're talking sex slavery. So that's the kind of human beings we're talking about right now. Okay. also one count of continuing criminal enterprise. One count of first degree criminal sexual conduct, one count of second degree uh, criminal sexual conduct, and one count of lying to a peace officer during a violent crime investigation. So Gettert, um, he led the U.S. women's team to gold at the 2012 Summer Games, founded and owned the Twi Stars, I believe it's called. It, it looks like Twisters, but it's Twist Stars, so I'm going to assume it's Twi Stars. USA Gymnastics Club near Lansing, Michigan. That was the place that served as an Olympic training facility and presumably where all of this disgusting, despicable uh, stuff went on. Dozens of gymnasts 
say they were sexually assaulted there by Nasser, who served as the gym's doctor for around 20 years. Absolutely sickening. Like I said, it's a sad ending to just a horrific, horrific uh, criminal enterprise is basically what it was because they got away with this crap for 20 some odd years. Um, glad that the victims don't have to relive those those experiences on, on the stand now that this guy has killed himself. But realistically, that's not that might not be m enough closure for some of these victims. Uh, the fact that he took the coward's way out. Okay, next up, now we can get into the Tiger Woods saga. So for those of you that don't know or need a recap, on Tuesday morning at 7.12 a.m. Pacific time in California, Tiger Woods was, which we later found out, he was headed to shoot a series or a show for, for one of his sponsors or one of his endorsement deals. He was headed to play a little golf and give a little instructional video with Drew Brees, and um, Justin Herbert, rookie quarterback of the L.A. Chargers. And on his way there at 7.12 in the morning, we then found out he was driving a Genesis Invitational vehicle, which I believe was a, um, let's see. Let me see if I can pull up the full article on this. Give me a second, because I do want to give you the full details on it. Um, well, anyway, he crashes the vehicle coming around this bend. It's a single car crash. It rolls basically down an embankment. And the, the, the story goes that, um, you know, 10 minutes later, an officer arrived on scene. They needed to use the jaws of life to get him out of there. He's suffering major lower leg injuries. Um, it, and he's rushed into surgery and all of that stuff, right? Um, so let me find this if I can uh, real quick. I'll search just uh, Tiger Woods. Um, come on. I had it. Hold on. All right. So seriously. Uh, oh, come on. I can't believe I can't find this right now. Anyway, um, Tiger Woods there was a lot of speculation, and I and I was one to jump to this conclusion. I worried that he was on painkillers or drunk or, or whatnot because nobody knew what he was doing, where he was going. You just saw this mangled up vehicle, and all that we could think was, oh, my God, you know, um, was he drinking? Because obviously we know he had a history of that, right? And you start to wonder... You know, like, I hope to God, he, you know, this wasn't the case and, and that it was just, you know, a, 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 a plain and simply just an accident. So here we go. I did find the article. I did want to pull it up because I want to get this right. So it did come out today that Tiger Woods was not drunk and the car crash was purely an accident. This came from the sheriff. Um, He said we could throw that one out. Um, There's been no evidence of impairment. When, he, when they arrived on the scene now, because Tiger just had his back fused, fifth back surgery. So you've got to presume uh, presume that he's, you know, been given some sort of pain medication, painkillers. Some people alluded to the fact that maybe he shouldn't have been driving if he's on these medications. And then, of course, there was the fact that the Genesis Invitational, which was basically his charity tournament or, or 
or whatever. Uh, he was there and Jim Nance interviewed him. And a lot of people said that he just didn't look right in, in, in that interview. And so people were speculating. But in my opinion, it's like, well, maybe he had a couple of drinks. Maybe he was taking meds then yesterday in a social setting. But this morning driving, that's a totally different day. You know, it, 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 it you can't corroborate one with the other. So um, that's what people were saying. So this is good to know. Um, he was conscious, Tiger, and was able to communicate as he was being removed from the vehicle. That's what we heard from the sheriff on um, Villanueva, and he, he corroborated that on his Instagram Live. Um, okay, so Tiger is recovering. He's awake, and he is conscious in his hospital. He's since been moved to another hospital. I'll get into all of that. What I want to get into is the actual physical nature of this crash and what to look for. So they're saying that Tiger underwent surgery for significant orthopedic injuries to his lower right leg. Now, both legs were broken. Uh, one of his ankles or, or, uh, was completely uh, just, just destroyed, basically, right? Um, so Dr. Anish Mahajan who is the chief medical officer and interim CEO at Harbor UCLA Medical Center, said in a statement posted to Woods' Twitter that the star golfer, um, the star golfer had a rod inserted into his tibia to stabilize comminuted open fractures affecting both the upper and lower portions of the tibia and fibula bone. Screws and pins were inserted to stabilize additional injuries to the bone, to the bones of the foot and ankle. Okay, so I'm going to break this down for you because most people don't know what comminuted means. Or, yeah, so my buddy is in medical school right now. So I asked him, I plain and simply said, um, will Tiger Woods ever play golf again? Do you think he will be able to play golf again? Now, he's a big sports guy, doesn't know much about golf, isn't really, you know, doesn't know much... I mean, everybody knows who Tiger Woods is, right? And if there's anybody that could come back from this, maybe it would be him. But I just got to wonder, man, like with all those back surgeries and everything else at his age. So I asked an expert, right? Because he's in med school. He wants to go into this type of medicine, orthopedics, right? So he told me um, what that doctor is saying when he says comminuted um, is that there was a fracture at two different sites, top and bottom. And even then, the top and bottom of two different bones. So there's not two fractures. There's really four fractures. Um, and it wasn't a clean break. There were multiple pieces at each site because we did hear that they were compound fractures through the skin. Um, and then he said, to tell you the truth, this is my buddy, I don't think he'll play. And they in, they put a rod into his leg, and he, he believes that Tiger will have this rod forever. So then I said, wow, okay, it sounds like he may be lucky enough just to be able to live a full life and even walk properly going forward. And my buddy said, yeah, I don't have hope. So um, I hope he's wrong in the sense that, you know, he he – Look, we got to put the golf thing aside. I'm being selfish and saying I want to see him golf again. I, I'm just sad the fact that we were going to see him play in the Masters again in, in a couple months. And that's what I was looking forward to. And now I'm being told 
not only will I not get that, he probably won't play golf ever again. And so now he's got, you know, you think about his kids and everything, and we're grateful that he's alive and all that stuff. But man, it's it's a tough blow. So um, here I've got some uh, sound, some audio uh, of some of the uh, best in the game talking about Tiger Woods. Um, they're, they're, they're a couple minutes long, but I, I think it's very important to listen to this because engage what it is that Tiger Woods meant to to to, to the to to the sports world means for golf. Um, and, and yeah, so here we go. Um, he's a human being. At the this end. is Rory McIlroy. He's already been through so much. So um, at this stage, I think everyone should just be grateful that he's here, that he's alive, uh, that, that his kids haven't lost their dad. Uh, that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, golf is so far from the, uh, from the equation right now. Um, it's not even on the map at, at this point. Here's John Rahm. That it happened. Uh, my first thought was, you know, just over a year ago, we lost Kobe Bryant out of the blue. And I'm just, if anything, thankful that Tiger's still here. You know, he, uh, hopefully he comes out of this one. Hopefully his body's still good. And I don't necessarily need to see him in a golf course again. I would love to, but I just hope he can live a normal life from here on. You know, he's done... He's given everything to this game. He's done so much for us. And, you know, every day that we're all out here is going to be a memory of Tiger Woods. Uh, luckily, he's got so much impact in this world that even though if he doesn't hit a golf shot, with his foundation and many other work, he's going to still be able to make a great impact in this world. Uh, really well said by John Rahm there. Um, he's very well-spoken. His English is great. A lot of times you don't actually listen to these athletes. You just watch them play their sport. But and you you think he's a Spaniard and he looks a little cocky. I don't know why my brother hates him for some reason. I think because he reminds him of himself a little, uh, just looks wise. Um, but very well spoken and very well said. So, uh, you know, like I said yesterday, just hoping he can get back and, and just have a normal life and, and have a healthy enough body. Yeah, I mean, I'm sick to my stomach. Uh, Justin Thomas. You know, it hurts to see one of your, I mean, now my closest friends, um, you know, getting in an accident and man, I just hope he's all right. Um, just, uh, just worry for his kids, you know, I'm sure they're struggling. Yesterday was a really weird day. You know, I think the, Xander Shoffley, the, the mood was very somber on the putting green. Everyone was sort of, you know, talking about it. Everyone's kind of head was down. It was very, uh, a, a gloomy day, I'd say for us golfers and I, I think everyone kind of felt the same way, you know. Uh, for me personally, you know, I, I talked to him during the delay on Saturday at, at Genesis. He just arrived that night and um, he was in good spirits. So for me personally, it was even extra weird just because the last time I kind of talked to him, it's not like I talked to him a lot, um, but I did talk to him, you know, for, for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes with Dustin Johnson. And he was in good spirits, you know. He was talking about his next MRI and sort of like looking, looking forward into the future and for something like that to happen, uh, it's it's terrible, you know. I like to take the positives positives out of every situation, and I think you know the fact that he came out alive uh, after taking a look at that uh, pick of the car wreck is is sort of what what I would like to take out of. Yeah. Um. So there, those are some of the greats, and they're talking about you know the goat himself, um, tied with Sam Snead for the most tour wins ever. I think at eighty one or maybe eighty two, and then of course trailing Jack Nicholas by two. Uh, major titles, um, man, 
Just a shame. Um, real quick, I'll play this clip. I think this was from Fox News. President Trump went on there. Former President Trump went on Fox News. They had him on to talk about uh, Kobe Bryant because if you guys remember, he gave him the presidential uh, medal, I believe, a year ago or in 2019. Let me play this for you guys. Hold on. Having some technical difficulties. Twitter is acting really funny lately. Um, not playing my videos and such, so let me see here. Well, I was really surprised, and, you know, he's doing so well. He's uh, he's getting uh, the back in shape, and then a thing like this happens. He's had a big problem, as you know, with his back for a long period of time, and it's amazing. He won the Masters, and he won the Masters with a bad back, which tells you the level of talent is incredible. And uh, he's been working on that, and then he has this happen. It's just uh, tragic, tragic. You know, Mr. President, you gave, uh, awarded the Medal of Freedom to Tiger Woods in 2019. Let's listen to what you had to say about him then, and then we'll get your thoughts That's on That's what it was, side. Medal of Freedom. Legend, uh, in the presence of a true legend, an extraordinary athlete who has transformed golf and achieved new levels of dominance. He's also a great person. He's a great guy. Tiger introduced countless new people to the sport of golf from every background and from every walk of life. He inspired millions of young Americans with his thrilling wire-to-wire -wire victories. Tiger Woods is a global symbol of American excellence, devotion, and drive. And in that speech, you also talked about how he's a comeback kid and how he's been able to overcome a right. number of obstacles. So. Maybe we'll see him back out on the golf course after this. Well, I hope so. He uh, he's overcome a lot, and uh, but you know he's he's had an incredible life, and he's going to continue to have an incredible life. But now he'll recover from this. It's uh, it's pretty bad on the legs, I understand, and uh, you know he'll figure a way. But he's a he's a wonderful person. Aside from everything else, he's a wonderful person. Yeah. So there you have it. Some nice words from the president on Tiger Woods. So, you know, he has since been, I, I spoke about this earlier, since been moved to from Harbor UCLA Medical Center to Cedars Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles for continuing orthopedic care and recovery. So we wish you the best, Tiger. Get well soon. But most importantly, you know, now is it's it's time to focus on your family and just your health. Golf is secondary as selfishly as I am and, and as much as I want to believe that he will play again, we have to bear, um, you know, the reality that he may never play golf professionally again. Okay, next up, this is for the coolest story of the, of the show of the week. On Tuesday night, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh quietly paid the dinner bill for an entire seafood restaurant in Baltimore. Love seeing stuff like that. Just awesome. So kudos to you, Mr. Harbaugh. I guess, well, I guess it wasn't so quiet if we're all talking about it now. So, um, okay, what's going on this weekend? You've got the WGC Workday Championship at the con uh, at the concession. Let me get you an updated uh, score right now because last I checked, you had um, Brooks Kepka was leading there. Um, and yes, Brooks Kepka is leading 11 under. Um, Billy Horschel 
and Colin Morikawa and uh, a, an Australian um, are tied for third. I think that's Caleb Smith. ESPN app never gives me first names, and so I struggle with that. Okay, they will tee off about 150, 145-ish tomorrow, the guys up at the top. You've got a couple guys at nine under three. Finau, Webb Simpson, Fitzpatrick's up there again. Uh, Kisner, Kevin Kisner, Patrick Reed, um, Louis, Matsuyama, all these guys. Okay, so look forward, uh, look to that. And then you've got Bubble Watch, okay? The seasons are starting to come to an end here. NCAA basketball, which teams are on the Bubble Watch, which teams are going to get in, which teams aren't. Um, I have been severely disappointed in my team, okay, Rutgers. Uh, they they lost a game to Maryland at home that they should not have lost, and they were kind of on the outskirts looking in, but they do have an easier schedule down the stretch. They came back, game against Indiana at home. Rutgers has been one of the worst shooting teams in the country. I don't even know if that's true, but I'm banking on that being true. I can almost assure you that's true over the last, like, maybe month or, or, or three weeks. I, I mean, I've never, two weeks is a safe number. They've been so bad shooting the three. Um, and then they play Indiana. They start, I think, 0 for 7 before going 4 for 4. And then they just went on a tear down 15 at home to Indiana, came all the way back, and they beat um, Indiana by 11. So they all experts um, have said Rutgers one win away from securing their first bid to the NCAA tournament since 1991. I was not even born yet. So uh, Nebraska, one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, should be a locked and loaded win, should get Rutgers into the tournament, or at the very least, uh, they'll, be, they'll be bubble watching. You know, they'll be watching on Selection Sunday. So in the words of the great one, Jimmy V and Rutgers basketball. Oh yeah. And Rutgers basketball. Um, so I look forward to that. I'm not too excited because yes, Rutgers was number 11 in the country at one point earlier in the season. Um, they've been up and down lately, mostly down. They just can't shoot the basketball. I don't really know what they practice in, um, you know, during the days when they're not playing games, but they need to practice on shooting. Forget the conditioning. Just throw that to the wayside. I don't care. I want guys from morning until night shooting the basketball like Kobe used to do, like Jordan would do, like probably Steph Curry does. Thousand shots a day or 2,000. However many it takes to get the job done. And they had senior night the other night and you hear Ron Harper Jr. hasn't seen his family in seven months or, or no, uh, Miles Johnson hadn't seen his family in like seven months because they they live in California. Uh, it makes me wonder if Ron Harper Jr. hasn't seen his dad in damn near a year because uh, his shooting has been pathetic, pathetic. But anyway, Rutgers one win away at the very least. They've got them projected anywhere between they could be like an eight to I'd probably say a six seed or as high as like an 11 seed if they do get in. So something to keep an eye on. Michigan State has been playing really good. They're on the bubble watch, as is Duke starting to play better and maybe pushing themselves in as well. Uh, maybe Jalen Johnson uh, want to rethink that decision to quit on his team if they do get in. 
And then next up, I found this very interesting. Um, AC Milan striker and former LA Galaxy star Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who is Swedish. He's from Sweden. Um, he took some jabs on Discovery Plus, not approving of LeBron James' um, political antics, if you will. Not a fan of the politics um, from athletes. And he specifically went after LeBron James. And I'm kind of glad. It's it's kind of you know about time that somebody spoke out because I I also don't believe that athletes should be you know butting in with their two cents when it comes to social justice. Or, or politics. So take a listen to what he had to say. Very interesting. You like going to watch basketball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked a lot. And uh, I mean, he's a phenomenal in what he's doing. But I don't like when people, when they have a, they, some kind of status and they go in and they do politics at the same time what they're doing. I mean, do what you're good at. Do the category you do. I play football because I'm the best in playing football. I don't do politics. If I would be a political politician, I would do politics. That is the first mistake people do when they become famous and they come in a certain st uh, status. Stay out of it. Just do what you're best at because it doesn't look good. Yeah, there you have it. Um, well said, in my opinion. Um, some people just totally disagree and bash us for that for that point of view, but trust me, you can do no wrong if you just wipe your hands clean. MJ, what did he what did he famously say? Republicans buy sneakers too. Okay, so you don't want to fall into one side or the other because you're ostracizing half the country when you do that. 74 million Republicans, I believe it was, or 70, it was seven, over 70 million voted for Trump. That's 70 million uh, Republicans, you could say, right? 70 people that you that would not agree with you um, for coming out and publicly saying, you know, you're a Biden supporter or you go left or right. So that's something to think about. Okay, um, last couple points I want to make. Let's talk a little bit of baseball real quick. Spring training games officially start on Sunday in Florida and Arizona. Something to keep your eyes on. Doesn't matter um, if the games don't count, baby, because the diehards like myself will be watching. If you are um, PSA to uh, kids out there, to adults, uh, maybe some parents that don't know the game as well, but your kid is starting to play Little League, if you want to learn the game, whether it's baseball or softball, you have got to watch it, okay, in its finest form. Um, and, and that is spring training. I, I mean, the games when they start too in April, um, when the season kicks off, absolutely watch those games. But you can't learn the game. You can't get better. You can't attain that knowledge if you don't watch. So um, I plead with anybody out there, young kids, whoever it is, just watch and listen and learn the game of baseball because that's how it's done. When I was growing up, I knew nothing about football. I never played football. I was never around football. I was baseball, basketball, soccer. How did I learn the game of football? I will guarantee you, that there is not one person besides somebody that legitimately plays the game, but even some of my friends that have played football, I truly believe that I have a, a more vast, uh, vast knowledge uh, of the game and I could see certain plays and what works and what doesn't um, because I'm just an absolute 
uh, sports junkie, okay, and I consume more sports than than any. Uh, it, it's facts. I mean, nobody, nobody, not my friends, not my family, maybe my dad, but he probably sleeps through most of it. Um, so you know, he's not gonna like that when he hears this, but um, that's okay. But yeah, nobody watches more sports than myself because I'm betting on sports constantly. I'm playing fantasy sports. I've got my fantasy baseball draft that I'll start studying up on. I'm the reigning champ there. That's next month. I'm in second place in my fantasy basketball uh, league right now, although I'm trending way down. Uh, but you name it. I watch sports pretty much every single day, and I retain that knowledge, and I study up on it, and I know things that just other people don't. So spring training, great way to learn the game of baseball. It goes for softball players, too. Games are very similar. Watch college softball. It's on ESPN constantly, ESPN Plus, you name it. Okay, last thing I wanted to mention, the Braves today extended their manager, Brian Snicker, coming off three straight NL East titles and getting to within one win of a World Series. The extension is going to be through the 2023 season. Um, I believe he is 65 years old, so on the older side um, when it comes to managers, but love to see um, him get his opportunity because he spent a majority of his time, you know, through that organization and just working his way up. And last but not least, on this date, February 26th, 2012, a catchphrase was born. In the most notorious moment of Pete Weber's career, the man who introduced the crotch chop to the game of bowling screamed this. Now, I might have played this before, but it never freaking gets old. Here we go, baby. To claim it, a strike to claim it, and he got it! That's right. Who do you think you are? I am. Still hysterical. No idea what it means, but he was excited. He he wasn't talking clearly. He just won his fifth U.S. Open, which might have been a record at the time. I didn't realize there was U.S. Opens for bowling, but there was um, or is. So just really exciting stuff. Um, with that being said, guys, um, that's pretty much going to end the show there. I don't think there's any you know breaking news. Like I said, college basketball bubble watch. Um, we're turning the page. Monday is March. Um, okay, so March Madness, a couple weeks out. Might be time to start doing some research. My my take personally, a couple sleeper teams I like out there, I'm not going to reveal them just yet. I'm keeping those, you know, close to my chest here because, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else to really to really go over. Yeah, and without just sitting here and you guys listening to me say um and, and scroll through my phone to find some stuff, I'm just going to end it there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. With that being said, you've been listening to episode 131 of This Week in Sports. I'm the Pody, signing off. Stay safe, stay healthy, everyone. I will see you next Friday. Peace.